Hey, I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is the podcast Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and together with Bruce, we have written three dozen cookbooks, including the latest, the Look and Cook Air Fryer Bible. It is out this November of 2023. If you're listening to this podcast in real time, that's still yet ahead of us in the future. It's a great Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. 704 photos, every mm-hmm. single step of every single recipe, photographed a complete air fryer guide, to say the least. All hands are Bruce. Mm -hmm. And the kitchen where it's shot is actually ours. So it's actually a peek into our personal life. And for a peek inside the book, even before it comes out, if you're listening before November 13th, it is on our TikTok channel. I have posted videos. You could see some of the stuff and the recipes there. Guess what our TikTok channel is named? Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Yeah, we did that on purpose. So anyway, anyway, today we've got a one-minute cooking tip as is traditional. We're going to do a taste test of chocolate chip cookies. Mm -hmm. That's coming up. Can't wait. And we'll tell you what's making us happy in food this week. So let's get started. This week's cooking tip is about how to minimize the splatter and mess when you are frying, whether you're deep frying or just, you know, every now and then I just want to make, you know, cutlets. I want to make schnitzel. What a mess it makes. So here's the problem. We all tend to do this shallow frying in skillets, right? Yeah. Why? I don't know. That's how my mother did it. I know, but we all have... I have stock pots. I have roasting pans that can go on the stove. I have so many things that are tall and high-sided. And the taller and higher-sided it is, the less of that splatter makes it up and out onto your stove. So I don't know. My mother and grandmother fried in frying pans. Use a Dutch oven. Use that's perfect, right? You can get your I little bit so. of oil. You have to be careful about the oil. I mean, because I think you might tend to put more oil in mm-hmm. a Dutch oven. A frying pan, of yeah. course, the point is you can't put. Uh, my grandmother didn't deep fry right. chicken. She pan fried it in about, oh, about three quarters of an inch. Shallow frying, it's called in the business. Yeah, okay. That's how she made fried chicken. Yeah. So, And if you shallow fry in a skillet or a saucepan that has a two-inch side, you are going to get splatter everywhere. Oh, it was The kitchen was always a disaster. If you do it in a taller pan, you do run the risk of splattering yourself when you reach in, so you have to be a little more careful, but you will save... A kitchen from being a mess. Now, I saw this TikTok video where this guy said, is your mother like this every time my mother fries? And this woman had covered her entire stove in tinfoil, leaving oh my only no, the no. flame open. No, because she was making no. eggplant parm, and every time she did it, she claims that her stove got gross. So don't use a skillet. Use a Dutch oven. Yeah, yeah. Again, my grandmother's kitchen was a wreck after she fried yeah. chicken. I Now I'm going to tell you something that you may not know. Uh, well, I think Bruce maybe knows it. That I better know it after 27 years. My grandmother wallpapered her kitchen in, in this really psychedelic, this is the 60s, late 60s, this psychedelic floral wallpaper. Even behind the stove? Um, everywhere. <laughs> And then she put a second, but this time reflective, silver psychedelic wallpaper all over the ceiling. Nice. The entire room, even the ceiling, was wallpapered in psychedelic weirdness. Big giant flowers. And then she took some of those big flowers in the new in the wallpaper, and she cut them out, and she stuck them randomly on. She glued them onto the wallpaper. So there was even more flowers on the ceiling and on the walls. So. Even the pattern on the walls you know was disrupted what? by more flowers. The late 60s and early 70s was the best time for design ever. I 
I'm so in love with that style. Okay. It was just imprinted on me when I was 9 to 14 years old. I don't know. Old. I think I suffered the wounds of <laughs> wallpaper, so I think I'm out. Um, all right, before we get to the next segment of our podcast, let me say that we do have a newsletter. It is sent out oh, once every two to three weeks. I think we've been out three weeks now. But once every two to three weeks, it's not a constant thing in your inbox. But if you'd like to be a part of that newsletter, which sometimes has the recipes from this podcast, it sometimes has the books from authors of this podcast. It has all different kinds of information on it. If you'd like to be a part of that newsletter, you can sign up on our website, BruceMMark.com. And again, I don't capture your email or your name. All I see are numbers, so you can unsubscribe at any given moment, and I will never, ever, ever, in fact, I can't, sell your email address to anyone else to spam you. So if you want to be a part of that newsletter, sign up and join the thousands of happy, peppy people. <laughs> sound like Lucy's only happy, peppy people who are part of our newsletter. All right. Okay, uh, wait. That's Lucille Ball for all those people who are not going to know who Lucy is because you just throw that out. Like, because we're old. And I'm old. When you I say Lucy, Lucy that's okay, but a lot of people aren't going to know. May I remind you that the photographer who shoots our books did not know who Karen Carpenter he was. He did not know Karen Carpenter, and it wounded me to my soul. <laughs> so, uh, what can I say? He's 37 and I'm a million, but still, <laughs> I can't, I'm not old enough that I didn't see Lucy on when Lucy was on real. No, like, we're not in that the old. Evenings. We're not that old. I saw Lucy in syndication in repeats. That's how old I am. But it was still repeated every day. Okay, up next. <laughs> enough about Lucy, for God's sake. Up next on the podcast, we are going to do a chocolate chip cookie taste test of store-bought brands of mm -hmm. chocolate chip cookies. This is not about homemade. No, no, this no, is no. instead about the stuff you can buy at your supermarket. I'm, I'm, you, I wish you could be here in the studio with me. I am looking at a table full of bags of chocolate chip cookies. So here's what I did. I went to the supermarket and I bought five of the most recognizable and seemingly popular bagged packaged chocolate chip cookies that were there. Some of them were fairly expensive, um, and some of them were not expensive. We're not going to taste them in any given order. Oh, so I can just open any one I just want? Just open. So he's reaching for the Famous Amos. Okay, now, so these are Famous Amos. Famous Amos cookies started in New York as just a little, I believe they started at Bloomingdale's. Okay, I, I know I know Mrs. Field started at Bloomingdale's. Famous Amos may have, too. It was one little store, and they be then they were so open stores everywhere, and now they're just in supermarkets and bags, and I loved them. Okay, now, I've opened the bag. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. This is a famous Amos Belgian chocolate yeah, yeah. bite, and it says bite-sized cookies. Yeah, these are the small ones. I didn't I didn't read the label, so okay. when I saw when I opened it and looked down in the bag, the first thing I thought was chip because they're so tiny. Chip? Yeah. I love them because they are tiny. tiny. They're bite-sized. Um, but also, I have to say that the aroma coming out of the bag isn't all that appetizing. To me. Oh, to me, it smells like Famous Amos. That is the smell right, of Famous one. Amos cookies. Maybe it's just my southern roots, and I don't get it. And Famous Amos cookies are the kinds of things you can even get in little gift-sized bags. Sandy. It's sandy. Mm. I don't like it. You don't like that? No. I don't mm. like it. It's sandy. Oh, I love these. Oh. And here's oh. the thing. No, wait. wait mm -hmm. well, okay, here's the thing. The first ingredient is chocolate. Which means there's more chocolate chips. Yeah. Mark All and right. I have a theory about chocolate chip cookies that All there should right. be just enough dough True. to hold the chocolate chips together. True. And these, the first ingredient is chocolate, and like very the chippy. It's too mm. sandy, and I don't like soft cookies, but I like crunchy cookies. These aren't crunchy. They're so so. We just put uh, so we uh, wait. So out of ten, what would you rate it? 
I would give those a 6 out of 10. I would give it a 3.5. Wow. All right. I'm going to go for it now. Okay, the Keebler. Okay. Now, everybody knows right, Keebler. Now. now, the thing is, I couldn't find just the plain chocolate chips. So these have M&Ms in them. Oh, well, <laughs> then it's better. So, okay. I'm getting this open. Oh, I love these kind of tear the open package. And you could see some are missing because I've already had some earlier in the week. Wait, you already are into this package? Mm -hmm. Now, these look like okay chocolate chip cookies. Um, I mean, you know. I, mine has this M&M stuck <laughs> to the side of it. Oh, it's a, a tumor. Like a tumor. Yeah, and it's blue. Mm. I think he's better than the famous Amos. I have to say, I like them better. They are, but I will tell you this about these. My first reaction to this is sugar. These are noticeably sweeter. They're much sweeter. sweeter. I don't like them better than famous Amos because of the sweetness. I want to look at the package and see what the first ingredient is. First ingredient is flour. So there's more flour than anything. Now, see, I, I like the famous Amos better. These mm -hmm. are really sweet, mm -hmm. um, but I like the overall. I don't like that. You like the texture better. Mm -hmm. They're not soft, but they're still not crunchy like I homemade them. Um, so, where'd you rate it? These, like gave famous a six. I would give these a five. I would give these about a four point five. Okay. It's a little better for me than a famous Amos, but the the overly sweetness of them kind of kills it for me. Okay. Let's go to Pepperidge Farm, because Pepperidge Farm remembers. Okay. These are their Nantucket chocolate chip cookies. Okay. Um, Man, okay. I Now, I remember Pe Pepperidge Farm cookies from back in the day before I was an official cookbook writer. Um, I can say just looking at it, but there are chunks of chocolate in Yeah, it's in not this chips. Thing. It's chunks. Great texture. Better texture. And also, not as sweet. Not as sweet, but not enough chocolate. I'm not getting as much chocolate as in Famous Amos. Well, there were giant chunks of chocolate, but you almost have to plan out your bites to get the chunk. Flour is the first ingredient, once again. Mm. Yeah. I and like then these... chocolate. Oh, these are made with butter, which is why maybe you like the flavor better. I do like the flavor and better. And they're made with brown sugar. Yeah. So yeah. the butter and brown sugar give yeah. these a more homemade taste. So where would you rate it? I would give these a six and a half. I would give these a six. I would say if I said that the famous Amos were three and a half, what did I say, and the, the Keebler were a four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah, I'd give these about a six. These are good. They're getting close to what I want to dunk in a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. So let's now go to Chips Ahoy. The Chips Ahoy. Okay. Someone else has been into these already. Yeah, I think Nashi's learned how to open the pantry. Yeah, I don't think our dog really. Okay, okay. now the look of them. It's not they, good. No, they look like elementary school package cookies. Yeah. Nah. Oh, no. I no. could tell you after one bite. I no. knew neither of us even finishing the cookie. No. Mm -mm, I put it back. Those, you know what those taste like? Uh -uh. Those taste like the cookies that they give away free at the car dealership when yeah. I bring in yeah, the car. Yeah, that's for... exactly what they are. They're the kind of cookies that places like... <laughs> shyster lawyers and car repair places have out on the table with the coffee. I mean, those are really, they're, they're rather tasteless. I tasteless. get almost no chocolate from it. Mm -hmm. It says real chocolate chip cookies, but I don't know what that means. I do taste a lot of sugar. I don't taste enough chocolate. I'm left actually in an aftertaste as I'm sitting here with the aftertaste of flour. I'm left with an aftertaste of fake. There's just a fakeness that I don't well, like. Well, I just taste flour. Like, like mm. if you ever dip 
your finger in flour and then lick it, which you should because it, it tells you something about baking. It tells you when things are over floured. But it, it tastes like flour. No, okay. So I would give Chips Ahoy original cookies about a 2.5. Wow. I would have gone down to a 2. Okay, fine. A 2. That's For neither of us is that work. So our last cookie that we're going to try it's here. It's the most expensive I bought. It's the Tate's Bake Shop cookies. And these, these are everywhere. Even They even sell these in our vet's office in the gift <laughs> they shop. They do. And they have, because when you go into our vet's office in the gift shop to buy all your dog treats and food, they have human treats at the counter to try and get you, and they sell these there, but I got these at the supermarket. And, you know, it's kind of bad because dogs aren't supposed to have chocolate, right? So no. It's not, this Ooh. isn't like... They're... Ooh, and they're packaged with a bag within a bag. And here's the thing, and I don't know if this is a thing or not, but does anybody ever make treats that you can share with your dog? I'm being very serious. Is, Ooh, is a there a book here? No. We know that that book was a huge <laughs> and it's a publishing historical mythology. There was a book about cooking meals that you and your dog could share, and they paid a fortune for it. The publisher paid a seven figure advance, which is a ton of money for a book. And they paid a seven figure advance, and the book sold like three copies. So, um, well, I'm already looking at the ingredients as you open them. I'm wondering if anybody them. has ever made any treats that you could share with your dog. These actually look like homemade. They do. They're, they're, now they're, I could tell looking at them, there's not enough chocolate chips. There's not enough. Yes, butter. Yes, brown sugar. Flour is the first ingredient, not chocolate. Mm, but the texture is right. The texture tastes like a homemade cookie. That is the closest to a homemade cookie taste. If you take a bite with a chocolate chip, it's so buttery. It's crazy. Oh, my God. These are good. They're so buttery. I, this is what I like in chocolate chip cookies. I like a lot of... I don't like soft cookies, so I'm just telling you. But I could count the number bias. of chips here, and it's not enough. No. So, this wins on the buttery flavor. In fact, it may even be overly buttery, I No. Feel. No such thing. Because I've swallowed my piece, and my mouth just has a butter mm. flavor going on. I would give the Tate's homemade uh, big shock because I give it an eight. That's what I would give it. Give it an 8. Well, mm -hmm. I'll give it a, almost an 8. Have it a 7.9. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's, these taste buttery. They're very crunchy. And that's, again, my thing. It's a bias. I yeah. like crunchy cookies. I liked, I gave the Tate mm. such a high mark because it's so close to homemade. Mm. But Famous Amos, I think I have to raise them from a 6 to a 7 because the chocolate, there's so much chocolate in the Famous Amos. Well, yeah, and there's not enough chocolate, mm -hmm. to be honest. I mean, their packaging says on the Tate's, crispy, thin, scrumptious. And, yeah, and they are. And they are indeed what they, they live up to that. And I have to say that the picture on the bag here of Tate's does not look like the cookies inside. The cookies are thinner and crunchier than and the they pick the, the ones for the photo that have a zillion chocolate chips. They if you do. match them to the ones in there, maybe one cookie in the package. I looks still like that. would buy the Tates again. I still like the taste of it the best for me. Um, but you know, it's all about bias and what you think. So, if you'd like to talk about chocolate chip cookies, and you'd like to What's your favorite? weigh yeah. in on purchase, not homemade, but purchase chocolate chip cookies that you can buy just at a supermarket, let us know. You can check us out on our Facebook page, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. We'd love to hear from you there. This episode of the podcast will be posted there, and you can weigh in with your thoughts. 
So before we get to the last segment of our podcast, it'd be great if you could subscribe, rate, you know, all that stuff you have to do. Surely I don't have to do that old pony dog dance, dog and pony. What is it? Pony dog, and dog. Dog and pony show. Oh yeah, that. Anyway, it's a show. It's a spectacle <laughs> where that involves dogs and ponies. Um, <laughs> good God, um, I've had too much sugar. So if you'd like. To- <laughs> <laughs> to subscribe and rate, that would be fabulous. And otherwise, I'm going to really slow down and tell you what's making me happy in food this week. What is it? Oh, well, if for me, it would be these sweet and sticky pork ribs that Bruce made. He <laughs> shot a video, which will soon be out on TikTok channels, on Instagram, and on Facebook all around you, for these sweet and sticky ribs from an air fryer. And they were really delicious. I swore I wasn't going to eat one, and then I just snuck one after he uh, tested, uh, well, shot the videos and worked on the videos. He's now editing them so you can mm-hmm. find them soon. They're really delicious. They're from our new book that is coming out or has come out, depending on when you're listening, in early November. And the title of these ribs are actually better than Chinese takeout style ribs. <laughs> and they are That's... sweet and they are the sticky. The writer really got yummy. carried away there, didn't I? <laughs> and <laughs> I show you how to make them and they're really yummy. And what's making me happy is something you can eat with those ribs, it's half-sour pickles. I have discovered the truth behind half-sour pickles is that there's no vinegar. The truth behind making them at home. Behind making them at home is you don't add vinegar. They really are a fermented product, Mm. and you got to find the right Kirby cucumbers, and you put them in a big jar with the right salt Mm -hmm. brine, Mm -hmm. and inside of the week, you have crunchy, crunchy pickles, and everyone I've been giving them to takes a bite and goes, where's the corned beef? Yeah, they they real are real delicatessen. Oh, wait, listen to me. Delicatessen. This is the deli. (laughs) I've got some kind of weird Weird German accent, <laughs> going on. Um, I I uh, think they really do remind me of what we used to get, at, like uh, uh, what was that big place? Um, Katz's and Second oh, yeah. Avenue Deli. They remind Benz. me of the Benz in New York City. They remind me of the half sours from there, and I I prefer half sours to full sours. And you have to have lived in New York to even know what I mean by that. But okay, we'll. Be- and I will never live without a half-gallon tub of these fermenting in my refrigerator from now on. <laughs> okay, so that's the podcast for this week. Kind of weird, right? A taste test of store-bought chocolate chip cookies. Again, if you have a favorite that you think should be highlighted, we'd love to see that in the Facebook group, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Otherwise, we will see you next week on another episode of this podcast, Cooking with Bruce and Mark.